1: The John Steigerwald Show, sponsored by Servicemaster of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the Yellow Van. Portions of today's program may be pre recorded.
2: Hey, happy Patrick's Day. Notice I didn't say Saint Patrick's Day. That was last week. And this Patrick is not a saint, but he should, should probably have his own holiday. I'm talking about Patrick Henry, and if you know anything about Patrick Henry, it may be only one thing and that, that you do know about him, and that may be one sentence, which is, give me liberty or give me death. He said that in a speech exactly 248 years ago today, on March 23rd, 1775, and that was in St. John's Church in Richmond, which I think is still there. I think they still, today... I just saw this a few minutes ago. I believe that today, uh, on March 23rd, every year, they have a reenactment of the speech, and the church is still there. So I'd like to see that. Anyway, uh, he said that in a speech, as I said, 248 years ago today, March 23rd, 1775. And I have to admit that other than knowing that he was once the governor of Virginia, I think I knew that, that one sentence was really all I knew about him. But about 15 years ago, I read a book called A Son of Thunder, Patrick Henry and the American Republic. And I realized that his famous line actually has probably prevented him from achieving his proper place in American history because that is all we're taught about him. And we don't know enough more. We we should know more about him. He he was a great orator. And his speeches influenced what ended up in the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. He was well known. And he was a farmer type guy. He wasn't an aristocrat like uh, Jefferson and Washington. He was more of a, a a farmer type guy. And twelve years after the speech in seventeen eighty seven, he was a dissenting voice against the Constitution. He didn't he didn't want the Constitution to be ratified, and he almost succeeded in preventing it from being adopted. He held out because he didn't think that it protected our freedoms enough. So he did hold out long enough, and he eventually forced the proponents of it to add something called the Bill of Rights. That's that's a pretty big deal, don't you think? That we may not have a Bill of Rights if not for him. Now, Thomas Jefferson and John Adams thought he was a maniac, and his ability to mobilize people with his speeches bothered them a little bit. But, as I said, we may not have had the Bill of Rights if not for Patrick Henry. Now, I don't think there are enough statues of him around. I don't know if I've ever seen one. And I wonder if kids were taught about him in school today. I'd be interested to know if anybody, you know, that talk to your kids when they come home from school today, and I don't know even know what they teach in history class. If they have American history, who knows what's going on in the schools today. But I'd be interested to know if anybody, if a teacher just threw out a give me liberty or give me death line just to see if the kids know who he is. And I wonder if the kids do know who he is. Because when I was in grade school, if someone said, give me liberty or give me death, every kid in the class knew it was Patrick Henry who said it. It was just something that every American kid knew. And as I said, I wonder if that's still the case. Now, I don't have a guest for the first segment coming up here. So I'm going to do something a little different. I'm going to let you hear the speech. Now, I'm pretty sure it's not Patrick Henry himself doing it, and he didn't do it with a teleprompter. So uh, you're going to hear this, but it's not, I don't want you to think that I'm selling this as Patrick Henry himself. It was in 1775. But chances are you've never heard what he said before he said, Give me liberty or give me death. But so listen to it 240 years after he gave it, keeping in mind. That this guy did this in front of a bunch of delegates, uh, Virginia delegates, in this church. Keeping in mind that, and by the way, he he was very much against the Stamp Act, and uh, the Stamp Act was what uh, was the um, what was what caused the uh, the the Boston Tea Party, and he was very much uh, a part of refusing to uh, go along with the stamp ta- stamp tax, and they. That's kind of what led to the revolution. That's what, that was the, the, the last straw for the colonists. They weren't paying that tax. So, so keep in mind when you hear this that he knew as he was giving this speech that he could lose everything and be hanged for giving it. And notice how it applies so much to uh, what's been happening in the last few years. Listen.
3: Gentlemen, there is no longer any ground. For hope. If we wish to be free, if we wish to preserve inviolate those inestimable privileges which belong to us as free men, if we mean not basely to abandon the, the noble struggle in which we have been so long engaged in which we have pledged ourselves never to abandon until the glorious object of our struggle be obtained, then we must fight. I repeat it, sir. We must fight. And to to the God of hosts is all we have left us. Arms, arms, Mr. Henry.
4: What arms? We are weak, sir.
3: Tell us, sir, that we are weak Unable to cope with so Powerful an adversary But when shall we be stronger? Will it be the next week? Or the next year? Will it be when we are totally disarmed And a British guard shall be stationed in every house? Shall we acquire the means of effectual resistance by lying supinely on our backs, hugging the delusive phantom of hope until our enemy hath bound us hand and foot? Sir, we are not weak if we make a proper use of those means the God of nature hath placed in our power. Three millions of people armed in the holy cause of liberty and in such a country that which we possess are invincible by any force our enemy can send against us. Besides, sir, we shall not fight our battles alone. There is a just God who presides over the destinies of nations who will raise up friends to fight our battles for us? The battle, sir, is not to the strong alone, it is to the vigilant, the active, the brave. <laughs> Besides, sirs, we have no election. Should we be base enough to desire it, it is now already too late to retire from the contest. Right. There is no retreat, but in submission and slavery. Our chains are forged, their clanking may be heard upon the plains of Boston. The war is inevitable, and let it come. <laughs> I repeat it, sir. Let it come. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Mr. McGee, speak. It is in vain to extend your way to Gentlemen may cry, peace, peace, but there is no peace. The war is actually begun. The next gale that blows from the north shall bring to our ears the clash of resounding arms. Our brethren are already in the field. Why stand we here idle? What is it that they wish? What would they have? Is life so dear? Or peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery? Forbid it, almighty God! I know not what course others may take. But as for me, give me liberty or give me death. Two arms, (laughs) two (laughs) arms, Mr.
2: Henry. That should give you chills. Does me, sorry, it does. Um, And I just think of a guy, as I said, the guy having the guts to do that. He knew... These guys knew that um, you know, their sacred honor and all that stuff um, and their lives that they, they put on the line for that. And this guy publicly went into a church and said in front of everybody, I'm, you got to give me liberty or just kill me because that's, that's all I'm going to settle for. And uh, there was a lot of that going around. And I uh, sorry, I don't know the name of the actor there. Uh, but that speech on YouTube is where, the, where I just went to YouTube and looked for it. Uh, that should be required viewing in every school in America every uh, March 23rd, if you ask me. But, you know, I have a pretty strong feeling that that's not happening. You know what I mean? I don't think that's going on in schools today. Um, and I'm a, I've also wondered why there hasn't been a movie about Patrick Henry, because he was, um, he was uh, kind of a maniac. He... It was uh, a few years after the speech, as I said before, you heard the speech that um, he he went up there and was a dissenting voice against the Constitution, and it was like two weeks after he gave the speech you just heard, where they had the first shots at Lexington and Concord. So that's how close they were to the war actually starting. It was like four weeks later, and uh, you know he's in Virginia, and, and that happened up there in uh, Massachusetts. So. Um, he wouldn't – I don't think the word would have gotten – well, maybe in four weeks they could have gotten the word back to them in Virginia after he gave the speech. But or I don't know if they – when they had the, the, uh, the fight up there in Lexington-Concord, if they had – if anybody up there knew about Patrick Henry's speech. But uh, a pretty amazing time. And uh, so I hope that you enjoyed hearing that speech. And I have a feeling that you probably have never heard the whole thing because not too many people have. Uh, I hadn't until I read the book and I made a point to go look for it somewhere. And I didn't want to read it. I wanted to hear a good actor give it, which, uh, I don't. again, I don't know who that actor is, but he did a pretty good job with it. Uh, Patrick Henry, the um, give me liberty or give me death speech was March 23rd, 1775, 248 years ago today. Now, Coming up, uh, we're going to take a break here, but then when we come back in our second half hour, we're going to talk about something that probably has our uh, first commander-in-chief spinning in his grave. That would be the military wasting time on pronouns. Stick around.
4: As the Biden administration ratchets up its war on Americans' right to keep and bear arms, a groundbreaking new book from Regnery Publishing pushes back and offers hope for the future. Professional firearms instructor and veteran gun store owner Larry Correa's new book, In Defense of the Second Amendment, pulls back the curtain on Washington's gun-grabbing agenda and how you can protect your rights. You'll learn why gun-free zones are more dangerous for college students and average citizens, how so-called gun control laws handcuff law-abiding Americans while allowing dangerous violent criminals to run wild in our cities, and offers solid details on how America has a history of gun ownership that is under attack by liberals in Congress. If you care deeply about protecting your Second Amendment rights and keeping your family safe, you must read In Defense of the Second Amendment, new from Regnery, available now at Amazon.com and wherever books are sold.
2: Well, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, Mike Lindell with My Pillow is launching MyPillow 2.0. When Mike invented MyPillow, it had everything you could ever want in a pillow. Now, nearly 20 years later, he discovered a new technology that makes it even better. The MyPillow 2.0 has the patented adjustable fill of the original MyPillow, and now with a brand new fabric that is made with a temperature-regulating thread. The MyPillow 2.0 is the softest, smoothest, and coolest pillow you'll ever own. For my exclusive listeners, the MyPillow 2.0 is buy one, get one, free with promo code STAG. MyPillow 2.0 temperature regulating technology is 100% made in the USA and comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square to get the buy one get one free offer. Just when you thought MyPillow couldn't get any better, MyPillow 2.0 gives you the best pillow ever. Enter promo code STAG or call 800-716-8087 to get your MyPillow 2.0's now. Hey,
5: I'm Andy. I started Harry's because I was frustrated with buying razors at the drugstore. And when I say frustrated, I mean like so upset I called my friend Jeff. Hello, this is Jeff. Jeff, I'm at the store, and I don't get why these razors... Cost so much? Yeah, and do they need to look like robots? Ah, oh, dude, I know. And it's so frustrating how expensive they are. Getting ripped off sucks. We gotta do something about this. Why don't we make our own high-quality razors at much better prices? Actually, I heard about this German razor factory that makes some really high-quality blades. Really? Okay, maybe that's not exactly how it went, but we did buy that German factory where we're turning high-quality steel into super-sharp blades for a smooth shave at a great price. Seriously, as low as $2 per cartridge. Over the past 10 years, 20 million people have tried Harry's. Join them and get your starter set now. That's a five-blade razor, weighted handle, and shave gel, all for just 3 bucks with free shipping, backed by our quality guarantee. If you don't like it, it's on us. Just go to harrys.com now and enter code MODERN at checkout. That's harrys.com code modern. The word is out. People are abandoning their overpriced wireless carriers and flocking to PureTalk for the same 5G coverage, but at a fraction of the price. In fact, the average family saves over $800 a year when switching from Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. And switching is so easy. You can keep your phone, keep your number, or get huge discounts on the latest iPhones and Androids. Right now, you can get unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data for just $30 a month. Or if you still want unlimited data... You can get that and still save a fortune. So make the switch and get the same coverage as the big guys, but at half the price. Go to puretalk.com, type in your address to find the coverage at your home, then enter promo code Off, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code Off. Switch to PureTalk and get unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data for just $30 a month. Because
1: PureTalk is simply smarter wireless. The John Steigerwald Show, AM 1250, The Answer.
2: Well, I said, uh, coming up in our second half hour, we're going to talk to Elaine Donnelly. She's the president of the Center for Military Readiness. Uh, There's a story out today about the military leader, the Joint Chiefs are saying that they're Focus. And we talked about this at the end of the show yesterday. They're saying that the focus on um, the military and uh, pronouns and all that insanity is not affecting any of uh, recruiting, which is way down over the past years. Uh, they're saying it's not a problem. Well, Elaine Donnelly is going to disagree with that. She's the president of the Center for Military Readiness. And um, so that's coming up uh, after the break here in a few minutes. But I got some uh, news for you. You're going to like this. Um, and th- this is <laughs> what what could get worse under uh, Joe Biden and the Democrats over the last uh, little two, two years plus. It'll be two and a half years this summer. Uh, according to a story at Reuters, um, we're looking at um, a repeat of last summer's gas prices. Remember that? Um, they're they're $3.44 a gallon right now. Of course, here in Pennsylvania, where we have the uh, highest—I think we still do—have the highest gasoline tax in America, we pay. I'm paying three seventy-five a gallon, I think, and uh, that seems kind of low after so long at four, but that's still high. Well, uh, according to this story at at, uh, Reuters, um, gasoline prices are, are, as I said, three forty-four a gallon now. They hit 5.02 a gallon last June because crude oil prices jumped up after the uh, Russians invaded Ukraine and then the COVID nineteen travel curb and all that. Um, so last week's six million dollar, I'm sorry, six million barrel drawdown was the biggest since 2021, leaving inventories at 229.6 million barrels. That's their lowest for this time of year since 2015. That's according to weekly government data. So this is coming right from the government. Uh, after Wednesday's data, U.S. gasoline futures climbed about 2 percent to 2 a gallon. But the, the big news here, uh, somebody named Robert Yager, who's the director of energy futures at Mizuho, he says, quote, we are in danger of going below 200 million barrels of gasoline storage for the first time in many years. Rising travel, coupled with declining inventories, could lift retail prices again this year, and he says we're looking at. Are you ready? Five dollars a gallon again. Five dollars a gallon. What's, what's that going to put diesel at? About six fifty. And um, how do the how do the Democrats keep getting away with this? Are they going to blame? Are they going to continue to blame everything on Donald Trump? What could be worse? Now, compared to what it was, and we don't count the COVID insanity that took over, and much of which may have been planned, and we don't know how much uh, how much nefarious activity was uh, involved in what happened there with you know the, the lockdowns and how you know we I don't have to tell you what happened during COVID, but you know how much of it was uh, was part of a plan we don't know that, but how are they going to justify or, or explain this away if we're back at $5 a gallon again. $5 a gallon. And if refining margins continue their recent rise, quote, it is going to put upward pressure on the refined product prices, particularly on gasoline. That's according to John Kilduff. He's an energy trading and commodities expert at, again, Capital, Now, the surge is partly because U.S. refiners are deep into spring maintenance, which has reduced processing capacity following winter storm shutdowns at the end of last year. Many refiners also prioritize making diesel over gasoline to meet demand from Europe, where sanctions on Moscow and strikes in France have limited distillate distillate flows into the region. That's according to Brayton Tom, Regional Director for Energy at financial services uh, firm StoneX. So U.S. refineries are operating at 86% of capacity. That's down from 89% a year ago. But a major ExxonMobil Corp, uh, XOM.net, refinery expansion could flip the script. When fully operating this month, it will be able to process 250,000 additional barrels of crude oil into gasoline and diesel. So... Uh, I guess maybe there's a chance to avoid it, but we're talking again about $5 a gallon for gas. Um, you know, so back to the, uh, the truck drivers, having to, uh, well, most of them obviously using diesel, but people who need to use their vehicles for work, and I'm not talking about commuting to work, I'm talking about driving around in a truck for work that doesn't use diesel. a gallon. That's just, that's just, I I mean, this is how many years after we went through the whole COVID insanity, and it's still at $5 a gallon, and you have this guy who's president who is shutting down uh, the drilling of oil and bragging about it. And so all the Democrats, they think this is great. It's great that we're going to be short of oil so that we have to pay $5 a gallon. It's uh, it's pretty sick, and but you know that's that's where we are right now. Another place where we are is uh, with the military. We're going to have that coming up in in uh, just a couple of minutes here. The military uh, and and um, pronouns. The military is claiming that, well, you know, we're down in recruiting, but it has nothing to do with us having meetings and having people doing um, little. Little plays that, uh, sh- you know, to show people how to deal with pronouns. That's what they, we told you about that yesterday. They're actually having grown men and women in the military uh, academies doing this stuff. And they, sway, they swear wokeness isn't the reason why recruitment is down. It's down, it's at a three year low right now. And uh, there's about the, the uh, they're so bad that, quote, today's young Americans appear to be less interested in enlisting in the Army than they've been at almost any point in the last 50 years. Now, 50 years ago, by the way, there was a little something called Vietnam going on. So not everybody was all that thrilled about going over there. So you can see where recruiting would have been down. But since then, we have an all-volunteer Army, and they're having trouble getting uh, people to uh, sign up. So... Uh, the Secretary of Defense, uh, Lloyd Austin, and the Joint Chiefs Head, uh, Mark Milley, they issued a directive that the Pentagon hold a one-day civilian stand-down to, quote, discuss extremism in the ranks with their personnel. And they're doing this because they believe, this is what John Kirby said. You've seen him. He's the spokesman for the Pentagon. This is what he said about um, these programs with uh, pronouns and the whole and all that stupidity, quote, they are essential for recruiting the right people in its duty to defend the nation. The right people. Pronouns. We're going to talk to the president of the Center for Military Readiness about this stupidity when we come back. Stick around. With SRN News, I'm John Scott, the CEO of
1: TikTok. Cho he chew appearing before U.S. Congressional Committee make the case for why the hugely popular video sharing app shouldn't be banned. More than half a million vehicles are being recalled because of a fire risk.
0: Hyundai and Kia are recalling thousands of late model SUVs and minivans because the tow hitch harnesses can catch fire. While the vehicles are being driven or even while they're parked, Hyundai and Kia are warning owners to park the vehicles outside. The Hyundai recall includes the Santa Fe from 2019 through 2023, the Santa Fe Hybrid from 2021 to 2023, and the Santa Cruz, model years 2022 and 2023. The only Kia affected is the Carnival minivan from 2022 and 2023 neither automaker has reports of injuries i'm rita foley
4: this is srn news wesley financial group is not a law firm this story is called the ugly truth about timeshare if you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare you need my help hello i'm chuck mcdowell ceo and founder of wesley financial group call my office now. If we take you as a client, I guarantee we'll cancel your time share or you'll pay nothing.
1: Call for your free information kit. 800-626-5252. That's 800-626-5252.
2: 800-626-5252. Hey, John Steigerwald here for Johnny and Jesse Samick, my friends over at Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. When disaster strikes your home or business, demand the yellow van. Fire, water, or mold, Service Master's technicians are trained and equipped to get you back to normal fast. Even when dealing with insurance, you have a choice who repairs and cleans up the mess. Make sure you demand the yellow van. Call Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand
4: the yellow van. Call Service Master.
1: Dr. Sebastian Gorka explains the Trump situation. President Trump isn't being charged with a crime by a grand jury because he committed it. He's being targeted and charged because he's the leader of the opposition, who was the president and may be the president again. And he represents a threat to their union party corrupt. America First with Dr. Sebastian Gorka. Afternoons at 3, right before John Steigerwald at 5 on
2: AM 1250 the answer. Well, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, Mike Lindell with My Pillow is launching MyPillow 2.0. When Mike invented MyPillow, it had everything you could ever want in a pillow. Now, nearly 20 years later, he discovered a new technology that makes it even better. The MyPillow 2.0 has the patented adjustable fill of the original MyPillow, and now with a brand new fabric that is made with a temperature-regulating thread. The MyPillow 2.0 is the softest, smoothest, and coolest pillow you'll ever own. For my exclusive listeners, the MyPillow 2.0 is buy one, get one free with promo code STAG. MyPillow 2.0 temperature regulating technology is 100% made in the USA and comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square to get the buy one, get one free offer. Just when you thought MyPillow couldn't get any better, MyPillow 2.0 gives you the best pillow ever. Enter promo code STAG or call 800-716-8087 to get your MyPillow 2.0 Now. AM 1250
1: and FM 92.5. The answer. WPGP Pittsburgh. 223 CS Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the answer mobile app. Smart speakers. Tune in. iHeart or Odyssey. AM 1250. The answer. Weather. We'll see periods of rain for tonight. There can be pawning on streets and highways, the low 38. Periods of rain tomorrow, rain and wet roads may lead to travel disruptions, the high 46. Cloudy tomorrow night with occasional rain followed by a steadier rain. There can be flooding in low-lying and poor drainage areas, low 43. Cloudy most of the time Saturday, a couple of showers and a thunderstorm. Windy with a high of 68. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. This is the John stacker Walt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer.
2: Now, well, dictators in China Russia are striking up a friendship, um, talking about a new world order. U.S. military is trying to figure out why Americans don't want to join the military anymore, even though they're trying to make sure everybody uses the proper pronouns. Elaine Donnelly is the president of the Center for Military Readiness. Uh, she joins us now, Elaine. Thanks for coming on the show again. Appreciate it.
0: Yes. Hi. Good to talk to you.
2: So, how bad are the recruiting numbers, Elaine?
0: Uh, well, there was an interesting hearing, House Armed Services Personnel Subcommittee today, and Representative Matt Gates showed a graph. It was—I'll <laughs> just describe it. Um, it showed the recruiting in all branches of the service, and there's a, a, a steep Niagara Falls-type drop at around 2020. And there were witnesses there from the Department of Defense, and they were asked, well, how do you explain this? And they said, well, it was the pandemic, uh, and they were sort of vague about it, and there wasn't as much access to high schools for by recruiters. And that's true, but they forgot to mention that The COVID mandate said you can't join the military if you don't take the COVID shot. It became very controversial, well beyond the time when the uh, vaccines were thought to be really effective. And in some cases, uh, people thought they were harmful. So that did affect recruiting. It did affect retention. But the DOD is just, you know, they tried to blow off the Republican members, but the Republican members, to their credit, pressed them hard and and insisted on knowing if all of these diversity programs are all positive, and they all in a row said, yes, they are positive, then the question was, this is from Jack Bergman, um, well, then why why is recruiting so bad? It it was... (laughs) <laughs> again, if, if diversity, equity, and inclusion training is such a great way to, you know, build morale and the strength of the military, why are we seeing simultaneously such huge drops in recruiting and retention? So it was, again, an, an interesting hearing, and the good good news is the Republicans really are starting to bear down, and they're not letting the Pentagon officials just dance away with euphemisms,
2: well maybe I'm crazy but I I just don't it just doesn't seem to me that someone who is inclined to worry about pronouns would mm-hmm. be the type of person who wanted to join the Marines. I don't know.
0: That is right. That's, that that's is just right.
2: me. Am I nuts here?
0: No you're not, but the pronoun controversies arise from the transgender uh policies right which have been renewed and ex- and expanded under Joe Biden, um, it was Barack Obama, of course, at the end of his administration, uh, who said that people with gender dysphoria who suffer from that and, and who identify as transgender, that they could serve in the military. Along came Donald Trump, and he said persons with gender dysphoria would not be eligible to serve in the military unless the whether was a grandfather clause in there. It was not a ban on transgenders. And that nuanced policy was going through the court system, Likely would have been upheld as constitutional. Along comes Joe Biden, and he took, he of course erased everything that Trump did, brought back Biden's or uh, Obama's policies, and then t- took it to the next level. Uh, they changed the vocabulary. They said that um, uh, the re- commanders are responsible for anything showing bias against transgender individuals. What that means is if you allow cross dressing, and that is part of the new rules and other transitioning behaviors, and let's say biological males want to use the private facilities of women in the military, and they don't have enough privacy as it is, Uh, well, if you complain about it, you might be accused of having, quote, biases against transgender individuals. So you see how this works. Um, Everything is devoted to the sexual minority, in this case the transgender's, um, everyone else has to just get used to it. Uh, violations of privacy, if biological males want to take over the, the women's athletic teams at the military service academies, well, that's progress, according to these policies. Um, it's very controversial, and uh, there's it's, it's going to be quite a, a pull and tug, I think, in this session of Congress, because Congress is, is just not having any of it.
2: Yeah, um, I, I actually saw something um, a while back that's... that. Uh, it was instructions for women in the, uh, I guess, all the armed forces. It said if you are, if you find yourself in a situation in a locker room uh, with a, a man uh, who is naked, mm-hmm. um, you're. It was telling them just to get over it. Just, That's just, exactly right. You're just going to have to deal with it. Sorry. The,
0: the vignette that you describe uh, was used under Barack Obama. Uh, they have a new version of it. All they did was change the gender of the majority and the minority person, the biological male or female, and it's the same thing. The bottom line is get used to it. Uh, that is indeed the one of the tenets of the transgender uh, philosophy put in place and imposed by the current administration. Doctors and nurses also have a lot of concerns because there's no room for dissent, uh, they have to follow orders just like anyone else in the military. Uh, there's nothing in the new policies saying anything about conscience clause or um, respecting people's uh, personal values, their ethical values. If if they feel that uh, uh, hormone treatments for children are not medically ethical, uh, too bad, because that is the policy. We even saw the President of the United States implying that it was something of a sin to question whether the healthy bodies of young people should be altered surgically uh, because they think they might be a person of the opposite sex. Uh, this, this whole ideology really is frightening, especially since people in the military really don't have the opportunity to dissent. Uh, the new policy sets up um, experts' um, service central coordinating cells, are what they're called, uh, the SCCCs are supposed to decide what what to be done in all of these vignette situations. The problem is that these distant experts, the SCCCs, they don't have responsibility for the health and well-being of people in uniform. Uh, if the, if a person in uniform is going through a time when they feel some confusion about gender identity, and your heart goes out to them. They need competent medical care. But if it's only the kind of medical care that goes only in one direction, that is hormones and surgeries and all the rest, that's not adequate medical care at all. It's, it's an ideological, politicized form of medical care. Coming with that, of course, are the politicized pronouns uh, everybody has to believe if someone says they are a person of the opposite sex, then they are, and they have to be treated that way. And that kind of mandatory group think also is an invasion of uh, a person's values, their 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 uh, personal thoughts and beliefs. It's something that is just really unacceptable. We shouldn't be putting these burdens on men and women who serve, uh, but that is the policy of this administration. Uh, The Republicans are pushing back. They have control in the House, not the Senate. Uh, But I think we're going to see some interesting things happen in the coming year.
2: I think I also saw that they're going to phase out the use of the words sir and ma'am, if I'm not mistaken. That,
0: that, again, it's part of the so-called inclusion idea. If you use uh, pronouns or titles, including mother, father, uh, things like that, that, uh, that identify a person's gender, you may be wrong if you say miss so and so or uh, misgender somebody because they are biologically one thing, but they claim to be another. <clears throat> this is considered a problem. <clears throat> Excuse me. So the way to solve that problem is to use these so-called gender-neutral pronouns. Mm-hmm. Some of which are so grammatically incorrect. They. Uh, right. They are very awkward. Um, they impede uh, communication between people, rational and, and objective communication. Uh, in a medical setting, it's even worse. And yet people in the military and their children are being taught that this is the way to go.
2: Yeah, and, and um, you know, there was a time, I, mean, I, I hate to say this, but it's almost like the only thing that's going to straighten it out is a very large war. Because then the people who are the, the actual real military people, who are in charge of uh, killing as many people as they can and blowing lots of things up, are going to have zero patience for any of this stuff because lots of lives and maybe the country's future would be at stake. Maybe that's the only thing that's going to cure them of this?
0: Well, I hope it doesn't come Uh, to that. Um,
2: Who doesn't? There was
0: a statement made by one of the members of Congress today at the hearing, uh, they, they were questioning. He was questioning the witnesses. What is the value of diversity? How do you how do you define equity versus equal treatment and equality? And they struggled to come up with some way to um, uh, finesse the fact that equity is indeed different than equal treatment. Uh, and when pressed, all of them pretty much said diversity is the most important thing. And the A questioner, a member of Congress who was also a veteran, said, I think it was Corey Mills, said, but but our strength as a unit, a fighting unit, depended on cohesion, and that meant we depended on each other for survival in battle. Mm -hmm. It didn't depend on what pronouns we used or any superficial characteristics. Uh, Unity is the coin of the realm, not division and diversity, and crt critical race theory which pits one group of people against the other one is labeled as a a white supremacist or victimizer and the other group is called the victim how do you go through a course like that and then go out and fight a battle against a vicious enemy that doesn't worry about things like that it's the entire uh, exploration of these questions as i say was very interesting i thought the republicans did a good job today and yesterday at the senate hearing but I can tell you, among the Democrats, every single one of them, unless I miss something, but I didn't hear a single Democrat not complain about the questions the Republicans were asking. And it just shows you how sensitive they were. Uh, the Republicans had every right to question those, uh, those uh, witnesses and the values that they are implementing on behalf of the administration. Uh, they are appointees. They were confirmed. They reflect the views of the Commander-in-Chief. They had every right to question these people. But the uh, Democrat members of that subcommittee, every one of them complained. Uh, How dare you ask about pronouns? How dare you ask about, for instance, Calissa Wing, the woman in charge of diversity and inclusion in the Department of Defense Education Activity Schools, DODEA it's called, the 67,000 students, largest school system in the world. She's written books promoting CRT, Black Black Lives Matter, the whole woke agenda. She has been, until just recently, in charge of all this. It came out today at the hearing that uh, DOD just sent a letter. She's been reassigned. And this is news. This, this was not known prior to the hearing today and when the letter came in just before the hearing. Uh, this woman should never have been put in that position. Her boss is still there as far as I know, a guy named Tom Brady. And Brady said she was the perfect person for that job. Now, here's why it's worse in the military than the civilian world. If you teach little kids that the military is racist, mm-hmm. that the United States is racist, that our Constitution and founding documents are racist, if you teach them that and they, they have no reason not to believe their teachers, then they look at their parents in uniform and say, "Mom and Dad, why are you fighting for this racist country?" Uh, and, and you know you see that there's a division right there, and keep in mind that the children of military people as a cohort of, of uh, Americans uh, they that's the group that is is more likely than others to to consider uh, military service for legacy reasons mm-hmm. So if you teach CRT to the children in Department of Defense schools, it is doubly subversive to the best interests of the military. It's unjustified. And yet Kalissa Wing, the woman who has who has actually co-written or sponsored, her name is on these booklets for children promoting CRT, she's still employed by the Department of Defense. Uh, she's one of those GS employees. Uh, she wasn't fired. I, I know there's technicalities with GS employees. But it really is amazing that she was allowed to stay as long as she did. And as far as I know, her boss is still there.
2: We're talking to Elaine Donnelly. She's the president of the Center for Military Readiness. Um, the woman you're talking about, she was on uh, Twitter saying that she's tired yeah. of white people.
0: Right. i, I got to get away from these the white people. Caudacity, which came up in the hearing today. Caudacity. C-A-U-D-A-C-I-T-Y. I guess that means audacity by Caucasian. Yeah, it's
2: a combination of Caucasian and audacity. Yeah, that's right. And and the
0: witnesses did not want to give the definition of it. They squirmed Mm -hmm. when they were asked about it. Uh, This is the kind of thing where, again, the Democrats uh, they just were outraged that certain questions like that were asked. But and they said, well, she said that in a private. Uh, capacity, not when she was on the job. Well, that's a fig leaf. Uh, certainly, a Republican would not get away with that. But then, at least, came back with another message where she was promoting her own woke books uh, on company time, and did so in writing. So, again, they, you talk about being woke. The, the Republicans really are more awake to what is going on, and they're saying this is not suitable. This is not helpful or supportive of the armed forces. Uh, We don't buy these false theories about gender and biological realities can be ignored. Um, They see the friction that is being caused. Uh, The chairman of the subcommittee said that we're not here because of what we have observed. It's because people and families have come to us. There is an awful lot of evidence of families... uh, writing messages to Congress. There's various websites with they've been able to uh, communicate, and, uh, and they've been saying, I'm just tired of this, this DEI training uh, and being told that I'm a white supremacist or allied with white supremacists. They're just tired of it, and, and they're very disappointed that this is what they're hearing in the armed forces. Some are leaving, and some are not joining in the first place.
2: One whistleblower said that the training videos depicted white Americans as, quote, inherently evil. Uh, and
0: Unfortunately, that yeah. is not unusual, and there is a childhood version of that in the books that have the name of Calissa Wing on the cover. Uh, it really, it, it, the way that American history is portrayed or world history is portrayed, it's really quite amazing. Uh, the way our founding documents are questioned. Uh, there's even a section in one of the books about the Holocaust uh, this horrible tragedy that occurred in Europe uh, before and during World War two, and there's not one mention of the fact that the millions of people who were killed were primarily Jewish. It Jesus. doesn't even say that and you instead there's an alternative version of of what the Holocaust was all about. Again, why are children being subjected yeah, but- to that kind of history? Sometimes you can, it can be more false with a half-truth than a full lie.
2: Yeah, but Elaine, the, the, the thing that you know, drives me crazy with all this stuff, and I say it mm-hmm. ad nauseum here, is that in most states, I think the national number is like 4.445% uh, of the people in America are transgender. But if uh-huh. you go state by state, you get away from the, the large population, you know, the California, New York, Washington, D.C., it's probably something like three-tenths of a percent. Um, and you're going to change the military and risk the future of the country for three tenths of a percent of the people, all of whom, by the way, are mentally ill and need help. It's it's See, scary. The,
0: the condition of gender dysphoria confusion is a serious one, and. Um Children go through a phase uh, they used to call girls tomboys if they wanted to hang out with the boys. It's not unusual. Uh, Children who go through that phase quite often, in almost every case, outgrow it, Mm -hmm. about 85% or more. And yet, the institution of the military, led by this commander-in-chief, President Joe Biden, is saying, we will do everything to confirm the identity of the child who is confused about gender identity. Uh, And many of these changes, of course, are permanent. They cannot be undone. Uh, Physical changes, even hormones, can be irreversible if it affects the ability uh, to have children. And, And little kids can't make these decisions. And the parents, sadly, are told they should go along with this or else their child might commit suicide. And what they're not told is... That uh, the tr- the treatments given for gender dysphoria do not reduce suicide rates. They're eight, I think, um, I don't know, eight times higher, according to the the data that came out during the Obama administration in the military. Uh, that is still a serious serious problem. Uh, again, I think I think compassion is called for. Uh, anybody who goes through any kind of uh, mental disorder or distress. Uh, requires competent medical care and support from their family. But that doesn't mean that the military should say, well, we're all going to believe now that if someone changes their appearance and has some surgery, then that changes their biological sex. No. It doesn't.
2: Well, uh, I'm out of time, uh, Elaine. Uh, uh, just, uh, I hope that this these hearings do some good. Um, And it sounds like at least they're talking about it, and the insanity might get a little bit of publicity out of it, but we'll see where it goes. I think
0: think there's going to be some uh, interesting uh, proposals made, and let's hope that some of them do get enacted in law. Ultimately, though, it'll take a new president to undo much of the damage uh, that the president has done. This is an executive branch project. Uh, And that's what elections are all about, and elections have consequences.
2: Well, we need one of those, a new president. But thanks for coming on, Elaine. As usual, we'll talk again. Thanks.
0: Okay, thank you. All right, that's,
2: that's Elaine Donnelly of the Center for Military Readiness. Inflation is pushing up the cost of
4: just about everything, food, gas, clothing. But life insurance, which thanks to inflation you need now more than ever, actually costs less today than it did a few years ago. Now is the time to get the insurance you need at a price you can afford. Call Select Quote now and we'll help you save more than 50% on term life insurance. In a hurry? Don't worry. With Select Quote, you can get up to $2 million in instant, same day coverage with no medical exam. That's right. Get up to $2 million in instant, affordable same day coverage with no medical exam in under an hour.
1: Call Select Quote now at 1-800-507-2266. That's 1-800-507-2266. Or go to Selectquote.com now and get up to $2 million in instant, same day coverage with no medical exam. That's 1 800 507 2266. Full details on example policies at selectco.com slash commercials. The
2: John Steigerwall Show,
1: AM 1250, The Answer.
2: So let's finish with a quick sports uh, little note here. Sidney Crosby last night scored a ridiculous goal. If you saw it, you know what I'm talking about. He split the defense and shot a ba- put a backhanded shot top shelf. It's just a ridiculous goal that um, basically only he can do because he's he's got the best backhanded shot in the history of the NHL but uh, it was pointed out that he's turned uh, 35 and that was his 30th goal and uh, that's kind of a rarity for people at the age of the 35 to score 30 goals also he's the first guy in NHL history to score 30 to begin when he's, his career when he's 18 and score 35 goals and still be scoring 35 goals when he's 35 nobody else has done that but just to give you an idea Mario Lemieux scored 35 goals when, more than 35 goals when he, no, actually exactly 35 goals when he was 35. But he did it when he came back from being out for three and a half years. He came back and played 43 games in 2000. He had 35 goals in 43 games. He was 35 years old and hadn't played for three and a half years. Best player I've ever seen in any team sport. Ever talk to you tomorrow? The John Stagerwald Show. This production of Salem Media Group and sponsored by ServiceMaster of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the Yellow Van.